Good morning, Journey. How are we doing today? Good. Glad you're here with us in person or for those of you who are joining us online, welcome. And I, I know it's already been said, but can I just reiterate, welcome to 2021. Anybody excited that we turned the page and we're in 2021? Show of hands or anybody? Oh, Gabe, you guys are more excited than the first service. That's good to hear. 2020 was, uh, for many of us, a pretty tough year. Uh, in America, we've been blessed for a long time. We had uh, a shakier year than most, one, probably the most that I could remember. Uh, for many of us, our, our businesses took a hit or we needed to make some changes. Or For others of us, our financial security was kind of rocked to the core. Uh, if you'd have told us this time last year, we'd be in the middle of or towards the end of, we hope, a global pandemic. I don't even know if I knew exactly what that was this time last year. Uh, many of us have had uh, 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 scares with health stuff this past year. I got, I got the coronavirus myself back in November. And uh, boy, then we had a contentious election that's still going on today. Uh, there was social unrest in our beautiful cities across America. Um, and for many of us in the room, whether from COVID or something else, we suffered great loss of a dear friend or a loved one. And the reality is, is as Friday night rolled around and we were able to turn the page from 20 to 21, I heard, I think, a few more fireworks than usual. Maybe you live in my neighborhood, but some people are pretty fired up to celebrate the ending, I think, of uh, 2020 as much as the beginning of 2021. Uh, I'm thrilled to be turning the page into a new year. I love New Year's. Maybe you enjoy this time of year. It's a natural season for us to begin to think about uh, new beginnings and fresh starts. And um, how many of you have made a, a New Year's resolution this year? Anybody do, yeah, do resolutions? Good for you. Mine lasts till about the second week of January usually. And, um, but boy, I think it's a great time of year to be evaluating where have we been? And where are we going? Maybe it's a time for some course correction, uh, new decisions that need to be made. Uh, maybe you've made decisions to uh, uh, get healthier this year or to get on a budget this year or adjust your travel schedule or be more intentional with your time with your kids or some type of business goals. This is a great time of year. As we look at 2021 out in front of us, it's kind of who knows what's gonna happen. And it's a great time of year to be putting things in place to make it a great year for ourselves and for those around us. And I say, go for it. I think let's go for it. Let's look at 2021 with great optimism, trust God for great things. But this morning, what I wanna to talk to you about is really how do we look at 2021 and setting up some of those goals for our spiritual life? Maybe not just our finances or our health or other things, but how do we set up some goals for our spiritual life? Last week, uh, if you joined us online, uh, we were in Bob's, kitchen as he began to coach through some of the old, uh, I think the theological term is the, the rules of life or a rule of life. And he took us into his backyard and showed us that lattice work of um, kind of the, the trellis of where the, the vines could have a structure that they might grow uh, and maximize their growth in a growing season. And one of the rules of life that Bob talked about was kind of a four grid area, the idea of, of prayer and rest and diving into healthy relationships and understanding our, our, our work and the place of work in our lives. Um, it's really cool. I think that's a great start. I'm gonna build off of that today. One of the things you've already heard about from Brian and, uh, in the weekend update is the idea that uh, Journey is going through a reading plan this year. And I wanna encourage you, if you've never read through the New Testament, to dive in. Can I encourage you, if you've read through the New Testament 20 times, to dive in? 
Uh, we'll learn from each other as we go through this. My wife and I, uh, we usually read through the Bible every year. She does every year. I usually do about every other year. I try and do some things in between that keep it fresh for me. I slow down and get down into the uh, details of my favorite passages. Uh, just this week, my daughter, uh, who's nine years old, said, Dad, can I read through the Bible with you? And I said, well, yeah, it's a lot. Do you wanna do that? And she's like, I, I think so. And we said, well, how about you do uh, the New Testament one? And she got really excited about that. Now, many of you know I work with college students uh, here at MSU, and I've had the privilege to work with students all over the country. And I love to ask students this question. Hey, have you ever read the whole Bible? Most students who are 18 to 22, we're standing there, we have a Bible, or we're sitting there, we have the Bible open. Most of them go, uh, no. I've not read it all the way through. And I love to say, well, do you believe all of it? It's kind of a trick question, you know what I mean? And now they most of them say, well, yeah, I, I think I do. Now you get a pass because the Bible is true objectively, okay? So whether you've read every word or not, you can say that you believe it because it's God's holy word. But I wanna challenge you as we dive into 2021, what would that look like for you? Have you ever read it cover to cover and seen all the interesting things that God has for us? It is a life-giving, living and breathing word of God book that will change our lives. But I hope that this year in 2021, you'll set goals no matter where you're at spiritually. Some of us in the room don't even believe this yet. And honestly, we're just checking it out. We're just exploring who Jesus is and what does the Bible have to say and is it really the way that I want to live my life? Is, it really, is Jesus really the one I wanna lay down my life for to live for him? And whether you're exploring who Christ is or you've walked with Jesus for decades, I think there's something for you of saying, in 2021, I wanna set up some spiritual goals for myself. Because we don't really know what 2021 is gonna bring, amen? Now, I'm an optimist. Any optimists in the room? Okay, good, I'm glad, we can hang out. Most of the times when something's falling apart, people are like, what are we gonna do? I was like, oh, I'll be okay. I'm pretty easy to roll with the punches. I'm kind of the glasses half full person when you're in a room full of people who might think it looks half empty. And honestly, I'm very excited for 2021. I'm excited that our country's moving forward. I'm excited that it looks like maybe there's, there's uh, some relief coming with this pandemic. But the reality is, in church, I want you to listen to me here, okay? Just listen up real quick. We have no guarantee that 2021 will be better. Amen? I mean, I don't wanna bring you down on January 3rd, but there's a reality here that we don't know what's happening in 2021. None of us know the future. None of us knows what lies in the year ahead. Now, I hope that it's better and healthier and, and, and uh, more unified as a country, but we just don't know. Well, what if in 2023, we find ourselves sitting around saying, oh, I wish to be back in 2020. Those good old days when it was just like that. And I don't hope that on us, because I'm an optimist. I don't wish that for us. I want to see us prosper. Listen, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a red-blooded American guy. I love America. I love the USA. I've been on five continents. I've had the privilege to travel all over the world. Of all the places I've seen, this is where I want to live. This is where I want to raise my family. I love America. But can I just tell you, America isn't the everlasting empire. The kingdom of God is the everlasting uh, monarchy and kingdom, if you will. One day, America, like all the empires before it, will fall. Now, I don't want it to fall on my watch. I want my kids to have it better than I did. I want their kids to have it better than they did. But one day, Jesus will bring this beautiful thing called America to an end because he will bring in something much, much, much 
better. Remember I told you I've read the Bible back and forth and I like to read it and I get students into it and I've read it cover to cover. And can I tell you what? I've read all the way to the very end. And can I tell you something that I see there? It gets worse before it gets better. It gets a lot worse before it gets better. Now we're not gonna go there with a study on the book of Revelations this morning, but I encourage you to dig into it for yourself. The reality is this, as much as I love America and I love living in the freest place on earth, the reality is is something better is coming. There is a king who will rightfully reign with justice and mercy and kindness. He delights in these things. And in his kingdom, there'll be no more mourning or death or crying or pain or pandemics or contentious elections or street fires. There'll be none of that. For he has passed all the old things away and he will make all things new. And we get to long and hope for and put our trust in those days. Now here we are, January 3rd, 2021, and we don't know when God will usher in his kingdom, but it is between now and then. I have to live this life between now and then. You with me? So I don't know if 2021 is gonna be better. I hope it is. I'm planning that it is. I don't know if it's gonna be worse and I'm not guaranteed that it won't be. And so when I start to think about that, before Jesus brings his kingdom and we usher in eternal bliss with the eternal creator, how do I prep between now and then? Because I do know at some point, some of these things get worse. And I'd ask you this question, church. Are you ready? Are you spiritually ready? I'm not talking about prepping for bad times. I'm not talking about those kinds of things. I'm talking about are you spiritually prepared to face whatever it is that's in front of us? Last, time, last week, Bob began to preach uh, in his message online about Matthew 7, 24 to 27. And as he began to open up about two builders and one was foolish and one was wise and he began to preach and I looked over at my wife and I said, oh no, that's where I was gonna go next week. Now, Bob and I hadn't compared notes yet and Bob's the boss, so he gets to use whichever verses he wants. So I took it back to the Lord and I said, Lord, do you want me to change my message or what do you want me to do? And I've learned a few things over the years and here's one of them, okay? If God says something to me once, I better pay attention, amen? But if he says it to me twice within a week, I really better wake up. I feel like it's kind of, he's gently grabbed me by the collar saying, hey, big boy, I've got something for you here. Can I encourage you today? I've decided not to change the text. Now, listen, I picked the, the Luke parallel of what Bob talked about in Matthew and we're gonna read it now. Let's pay attention to what the Lord might have for us this morning in the word of God. This is Jesus speaking and he's speaking to his disciples and he says this. And this is in preparation of, are you ready for whatever lies ahead? Good days or hard days? In verse 46, Luke chapter six. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I'll show you what they are like. They're like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid a foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house, but it couldn't shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. And the moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. Here's Jesus talking about two people that are very similar in a lot of ways. Both of them get to hear his words. Both of them hear him preach. Both of them hear what he commands. And then they both go away and that's where the difference happens. 
One man goes away and he decides everything that I just heard, I'm going to put into practice. And the verse that Jesus talks about, or excuse me, the words that Jesus puts it, he says, and the man who dug down deep and laid a foundation on rock, his house makes it. Now, I don't know how many of you have ever dug a hole, but it's a challenging job. And I don't care what kind of soil you're in to push that shovel in and to get that dirt out. It is hard work. And I think Jesus uses this description of what it looks like to walk with him in a very specific way. I think that he's being intentional in saying that we have to dig down deep to get to the rock. Both of these guys left Jesus's sermon, if you will. Both of them went back and began to build a house. And if you and I came by on a good day, they would look very similar. Maybe both had a porch swing up front and a white picket fence and some nice landscaping and flowers. Both of them looked really good from the outside, but then something challenging happened and the flood came and the torrent struck. And it wasn't until the flood came and the torrent struck that the quality of the builds was revealed. One had taken the time to dig down deep, to put a lot of effort into going down first and putting their foundation on the rock. The rock is Jesus Christ. The other one just heard what he heard, but decided not to put it into practice and just began to build. Both looked good until a 2020 happened. What if 2023 is much, much worse? I pray it isn't so, but what if it is? What will be revealed about the house you're building? What will be revealed about your faith when a torrent strikes or the floods come. Let me read it one more time. Let me substitute a few words and let us let us see if God brings it off the page for us. As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I'll show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. And when a really bad year came along, that year, 2023 struck that house, but couldn't shake it because it was well-built. The one who hears my words and doesn't put them into practice, there's the kicker, is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment that terrible year struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. The difference is very, very simple. Both heard the words of Jesus. One went home and decided, I'm gonna do something about what I heard. Church, that's my challenge for us this morning. Paul put it this way as he encouraged a young Timothy. He said this in Timothy, 2 Timothy 2.15. He said, do your best. That's a great line. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. A workman who has no need to be ashamed and who rightly handles the word of truth. That he's handling this correctly. I love that charge from Paul. Of, do your best. Most of us just wanna float up to God on a white puffy cloud. But the reality is Jesus calls us to dig down deep to set a foundation on him. The writer of Hebrews explained it this way. He said, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. Him, there is God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Can I just tell you the promise of the scriptures is that when you dig down deep to get down to the foundation of who God is, when you put in the time and the effort and work to go down and set your life upon the rock, it says that God rewards those who seek him. Now, I don't know if that means monetarily or you'll be prosperous, or you'll be super successful. What I do know that it means is you will have more of him. He is the reward. He is the prize. He is the goal of our effort that we would know God in a personal and lively way. 
So it begs the question, are you ready? Whatever comes, and again, I hope it's great. Are you spiritually ready? I wanna go through a tool that I was taught years ago. The navigators have been using this for uh, what's loosely coming up on a on 100 years, probably pre-World War I. And I've taught it to hundreds of students over the years. And uh, it's a beautiful little illustration. It's very simple, but it kind of gives us a uh, self-evaluation, a spiritual checkup, if you will. Because I could probably go visit a financial advisor and see how I'm doing financially in my long-term goals. I could go to a a nutritionist or personal trainer and talk about my health goals long-term. Or I could go to different places, different specialists and get some evaluation, maybe make a course correction. But what about for our spiritual life? I wanna give you a very simple and a, a practical tool on how we can figure out where we're at and how we're doing in our spiritual life. The navigators have called this the wheel illustration. So I'm gonna draw what we'd call a wheel. Well, you guys know what a wheel is. Let me draw a circle here. And at the center of our wheel, this would be the hub of our wheel. I just put the center here. I'm gonna put Christ. I'm gonna write Galatians 2.20. At the center of the wheel, picture if I had a bicycle wheel up here with me this morning and I grabbed the hub and I spun that thing around. The hub is the thing where all the power comes through. The chain puts the power. And if you're gonna steer the front of the bike, it's gonna come, the turning power is gonna come through the hub. This sets the direction and it's the flow of power. And it's the same with Christ being in our lives. Jesus is the center of our lives if we're spiritually healthy. Jesus is the cornerstone, the rock, the foundation of our lives if we're spiritually healthy. Paul put it this way in Galatians 2.20. I, I don't know if I really, what I think about life verses, but this is probably a life verse for me. And Paul says it this way. He says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What I wanna do is make Christ the very center and core of my life. If all you did in 2021, before your feet slid over and hit the ground of getting out of the bed, if you reminded yourself of this truth, that you have died and now Christ lives in you and that you get to live your life by faith and Jesus gets to live through you, it would change your whole world and it would begin to change the valley. The reality is this, when Jesus is at the center and core of any individual, he can rule and reign in a way that we can't fathom when we're at the center of our lives. I wanna encourage you, Christ should be the very center of our spiritual life. Now I'm gonna draw a a rim out here, kind of like maybe a tire or a, a rim. You ever see those people that do those perfect circles? Yeah, that's not one. So I'm gonna call this, okay, the uh, a spirit filled Christian in action. And when I talk about spirit filled, the other word I'm going to use out here is obedient. This is someone who has decided, okay, that they're going to take the words of Christ and obey them. So I love this verse for this, uh, John 14, 21. Jesus is speaking with his disciples. This is in the hours before he's arrested and then hung on the cross. And in John 14, 1, 14, 21, he says this. He says, whoever has my commands and obeys them, he or she is the one who loves me. Did you catch it? Whoever has my commands, that does, you can't just stop there. Whoever has Jesus' commands 
It's whoever has my commands and obeys them. Jesus says, he is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I too will love them. And then Jesus says something to the humans, the the disciples there that just floors me. And I will show myself to them. Can I just ask you, would you like to see more of Jesus in your life this year? Anybody? I hope so. The reality of having Jesus show up in our lives in real and tangible ways. And I love it. It just comes down to the simple word that I would be obedient. Because when I'm obedient and I'm living the life that Christ wants me to live, then all of a sudden, I think my fulfillment in him and the, the Holy Spirit inside of me has a chance to really run. And so if I were to take this now, a wheel, now obviously it wouldn't go because we don't have anything connecting the hub and the rim. So we're gonna draw in what I would consider are four like really pillars. We're gonna call them spokes today, okay? Four practical things that you and I, I think, could look in our spiritual life and say, how am I doing in these things? The first one we're gonna talk about is, we've already talked about it a bit today. The first spoke we're gonna talk about is God's word or his Bible, okay? And we wanna be men and women who understand, know, read, cherish, study, and know God's word. Joshua 1.8, Joshua was a disciple of Moses and he was taking over for Moses and leading all of the Israelites into the new promised land. And God said this to young Joshua as he took over leadership of the people of Israel. He said, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth, but meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Now, can I just tell you, that's not my words. Those are the Lord's words. Don't let this book of the law depart from your mouth, but meditate on it day and night. What do you meditate on day and night? What is one of the first things you see in the morning? What's one of the last things you see before you go to bed? Is it the news? Is it maybe something with sports? Is it social media? It could be any number of things. The reality here is God is saying, hey, if you put this book of the law on, and he was talking about the first five books of the Bible, the Torah, How much more that we have the full revelation of God through his holy word, that we would meditate on his word day and night, that we would be filling our minds with the holy word of God. It's a great charge to us. I do pray, would you take take, uh, Bob and Brian and the whole team here serious and jump in and read through the New Testament? Uh, would, you, would you come into the word and, and look for things that maybe you haven't seen before? Maybe read a book that you haven't read before in the Bible. Any number of ways, but we wanna be putting spiritual intake. The God speaks to us clearest, I believe, through his holy word. And so I pray that we'd be a people who have a pace in really spending time in God's word. There's another spoke up here. And this one is with the discipline of prayer. Bob let me preach on prayer last spring and it was a treat for me because I would say we have a privilege in praying. That it's a privilege that we get to come to God and pray to him. Can you imagine he could set it up any way he wanted, but he allows you and I, little old me and little old you to come into his throne room and to present our requests to him. Paul said it this way to the church in Philippi in Philippians 4 verses six and seven. He said it this way, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and minds in Christ Jesus. Now look at the first few words of that. Paul's command here, you ready? Do not be anxious about anything. Anybody have a little anxiety last year? Anybody? I mean, I, yeah, some of us are like, I don't really want to raise my hand, Drew. I did. 
Somewhere in the fall, uh, October, somewhere in there, man, I started having like heart palpitations and I couldn't sleep at night and there was a lot of things going on in our life all at once and there was some scary things happening in relationships and other things that were happening in our world around us. And I was really under some serious anxiety. And I began to have some friends pray. I included some folks that said, hey, I need your help here. And I began to take it to the word. I began to pray more and I began to ask God, would you take this away? And isn't it interesting, the rest of this verse, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer, not by self-help books or other things, but by prayer and petition. And what that means is I'm gonna keep coming to you, Lord. Lord, I'm gonna keep coming to you until you answer. Lord, I don't wanna go away until you answer. I'm gonna knock on the door until he opens it. So I, but in everything by prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, Lord, I do wanna be grateful for what you've given me right now. I wanna be grateful no matter what my circumstance. I wanna present my request to God. And then here's this promise. In the peace of God, the peace that only God can give, which transcends all understanding, it will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. I remember one night laying in my bed, literally praying, Lord, I need your peace over my heart and over my mind. And I feel like he met me there. Prayer for us is a big deal. If I said, how many of us, our prayer life needs work? I bet many of us would raise our hand. These are kind of the spokes that I would say are in the vertical relationship between us and between God. And these are commands that we have in the scriptures. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth or do not be anxious, but pray. These are some of the things that Christ has asked us to obey. And these help us connect with God. But there's also two spokes horizontally and these help us deal with our fellow man. The first spoke we'll talk about over here, okay, is fellowship. And it's a little different than when I grew up in the South. Uh, what I thought fellowship was is it meant something fried to eat after church, okay? We were gonna have fellowship at a little Baptist church down there. And it was a great church and that's just what I thought it meant. As I've grown older, I've learned and I have a working definition that I share with students on what fellowship is. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says this. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Any horse riders out here? I'm not a horse rider, but I do know what spurs are for. And when you start to kick that horse with those sharp spurs on the back of your boots, they don't like it. But I tell you what, that horse starts to move in the right direction, doesn't it? Hopefully, I guess it would hopefully move in the right direction. But we would spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. That is God's kingdom coming the day of our Savior's arrival. What is it we're looking for in fellowship? I wanna to submit to you, you need two or three close friends. Fellas, I think you should have some close dudes in your life. Ladies, it's a little bit, seems to be a little bit easier for you, but you should have some women who are very close to you in your life. Can I tell you what I'm talking about here? I'm not talking about someone who just knows what you do and where you live. I'm talking about people who know the nitty gritty on who you are. You peel back the layers of your heart and there's no spots that they don't have access to. How you're really doing. And in other words, how God knows you, okay? And that they would be men and women, okay, who pray for you and who know how to bring the word of God into your life. It's great if you have one, but if that one person moves away, that's why I say you need two or three. If you have two or three friends like that, you are rich in friendship, amen? Because they're people who will speak the word of God to you and they're people who will pray for you. And when you open up the dirtiness and nastiness of stuff way down that no one else gets to know, 
and they say, I still love you, and so does Jesus, we get moving together and we can spur one another on toward love and good deeds. The last spoke that I think we should focus in on over here, and it's kind of a, it brings out emotions in people. I'm gonna shorten it up, but it's evangelism. Now, if I say evangelism, how many of you, like my students go, oh, dude, I gotta go to the restroom. Sorry, I don't wanna talk about this. When we talk about this, that's because most people have seen, can we just admit it, really bad evangelism done. Amen? Has anyone ever seen someone share the gospel or about Christ with somebody and it's just awkward or rude or a hundred different things? But can I just encourage you, evangelism is nothing more than bragging that Christ has changed your life. And with all your junk and with all your sin, he still stepped in and wanted you and his family forever with him. Can I just share with you, if you're in God's word and you're learning about who God is in his word, if, you're, if your prayer life is on the increase and, and you're trusting him with different things, I guarantee you he will begin to lay people on your heart that don't yet know him. Why? Because God wants to bring in everyone into his family. And if you've got friends who are pushing you in the things of God, the most natural thing in the world is that you would begin to do evangelism with folks who don't yet know the Lord. Paul said it this way in Romans 1.16. He says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Are we ashamed? Someone once told me it's like I got a winning lottery ticket and I, I get to keep all the money on the winning lottery ticket. But it also on the back says, anybody else I give this to, they get all the money too. Wouldn't that be a selfish thing to hold it back? Are we ashamed of the gospel? Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. First for the Jew, then for a punk Gentile like me. For anyone who would want to receive Christ, he welcomes them in. And it's your job and my job and our privilege to get to brag on him to the world around us. Now, can I just share with you, I, I share this with students sometimes and they think, Drew, to do all of this, man, I don't know any Christians doing that. This seems like the super spiritual people, amen? And the reality is, can I just tell you, this is very normal for the Christian who's trying to dig down deep and lay their foundation on the rock. Now, many of us have a spoke up here that is really strong. It just comes natural to us. I wanna encourage you, that might be a fit for you in the body of Christ and some giftings that he just has naturally let you be someone who just loves to pray. Would you seek out and help others who struggle in their prayer life? Or maybe you're someone who you just can't, you can't not talk about Jesus to somebody else. There's many of us in the room who have a hard time being bold and seizing some of those opportunities. Would you help them? I wanna encourage you, you know, some of us are, are wheel, you know, we've got, maybe we've got Christ the center and, and maybe we're trying to live out the life, but man, all of a sudden over here, like this spoke's only this, you know, I barely, anybody knows me. Or, or man, I, I barely pray, but man, I'm, I'm really, I read the Bible all the time and man, I share with all my non-believing buddies. Well, that, that circle's gonna look more like this. And I'll be honest with you, you don't wanna ride down the road with that as one of your wheels. You can probably get down the road, but it's gonna clunk, 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 and it's just gonna be a messy ride. Can I encourage you? Some of the most fun you will have, some of the most enjoyment you will have in your walk with God is when you put these pillars. There's other things, sure. There's lots of other spokes we could probably draw in here. But I think these are the bedrock, that we'd be men and women of the word. We'd be men and women of prayer. That we'd be known and we would know a handful of people and that we would let them in all the way in. That they can take the word and prayer and encourage us to be more like Christ. 
See, if I were to hold up that wheel in front of you right now and I grabbed it by the hub and I spun it like the wheel of fortune or something, okay? You wouldn't see all the spokes. You couldn't like, it's like trying to watch a fan. You can't see one of those blades go around. But you'd still be able to make out the center in the hub. And you'd still be able to make out that rim that there's an obedient Christian who's living the life. And can I just tell you that's attractive to the world? They won't know that you're spending time reading through the New Testament. They, they won't know that you're spending time on your knees in prayers, maybe even for them. They won't see all the things that are behind the scenes that you're taking to dig down deep. But they will see someone who has heard what Jesus has said and has decided to put it into action. And when the storms come, they will be ready. I would love to ask you, what spoke is strong for you? How do you flex that muscle here in the kingdom to help the body? And maybe, is there a spoke that is weaker for you? Maybe you've never put Christ at the center of your heart and that needs to happen first because you could do all the religious stuff, but if Christ isn't center, it's for nothing. But how do we make Christ the center of our life? How do we then help each other dig down deep in 2021? I pray that's what you would take to the Lord this week. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we wanna pause at the beginning of 2021 and thank you for who you are. Lord, we rejoice that you've done the work that we can have a solid, firm foundation on you for the finished work that you've done on the cross. Lord, that we could know you, that we could enjoy you, that you come into our hearts when we ask you to. And Father, I wanna pray that whatever 21 holds for us, Lord, that we would commit it to you. Lord, we pray for better days ahead. We pray for unity in the church and in our country. Lord, we pray you would eradicate this pandemic. But Lord, not just for our comfort, but for your glory. And Lord, whether things get better or worse, we pray that we would dig down deep to know you and enjoy you in the days ahead. Would you teach us to have a kingdom perspective, a perspective that far outlasts our little lives, Lord, and that brings you glory every step of the way. Lord, I pray we'd not get caught up in religious duty or things we ought to do or should do or better do, but Lord, we'd recognize that to get to spend time in your word is a privilege, to get to pray to you is an honor, to get to go deep with friends is something to be cherished, Lord, and something to share with others is to be celebrated as we brag on you, Lord. We pray you'd make much of your name here in the valley and among us here at Journey Church. We know you can do it, so we pray in your strong name, amen. Thanks for listening. We hope this time has allowed you to dig out more of who God has made you to be. If you made some kind of spiritual decision today and are interested in what's next, we'd love to connect with you. For more information or to get in touch, please visit journeyweb.net. If you're interested in supporting our ministry, you can give online at journeyweb.net slash give. Thanks.